0: Welcome to Skylights, the podcast of Open Sky Wilderness Therapy. Nestled in the mountains of Southwest Colorado and the canyon country of Southeast Utah, Open Sky transcends traditional wilderness therapy by emphasizing treatment for the whole family. I'm your host, Emily Fernandez, Executive Director and Co-Founder of Open Sky. On each episode of Skylights, I speak with an expert in the field of wilderness therapy, and together, we explore the unique value the outdoors provides on the journey towards wellness, self-discovery, and growth. To learn more about Open Sky, visit us at openskywilderness.com. Welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're here. Many of us struggle with effective ways to set and maintain boundaries, and as adolescent children become young adults, this can be a particularly challenging area for parents to navigate. And even more so when the young adult is struggling with mental health or other life challenges. Senior clinical therapist, Mariah Lofton, is here with us today to help guide parents on ways to establish boundaries when their young adult child is struggling. Boundaries that will support the young adult to launch into a life of independence. Mariah is a licensed professional counselor and has worked with young adults here at Open Sky since 2012. Mariah skillfully blends her background as a psychotherapist, behaviorist, and art therapist, and her passion for helping her clients and families improve all areas of their health and well-being always shines through. Welcome back to the podcast, Mariah. I know the boundaries conversation is a common one for you in your work. Yeah. Thanks, Emily. It's great to be back. And yes, boundaries are definitely a common topic in my work. So before we dive into tangible ways of establishing boundaries, let's first get some context. Could you please start by speaking to some of the common challenges you see parents face when they're met with
1: that need to set boundaries for their young adult child? Absolutely. I I think there's a way that there's this changing relationship that's starting to happen because naturally, a young adult, as they're launching into their young adulthood, they want to, to push back. Mm-hmm. They want to And you kind of want that in yes, a way. Yes, exactly. Right. That, that is the point of launching, if you will. And what happens, though, is that that young adult is not quite ready to be a young adult yet. They're not taking the level of responsibility. They're not making maybe the best choices for themselves. And so I think parents are still needing to step in as parents. Yeah, it's a tricky dance because mm-hmm. it's like supporting the
0: independence and the individuation, but also still guiding them. I mean, the reality is the young adult brain is still developing well into tw- their 20s. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Well, and developmentally, where a child is, is pushing against their parents, seeking freedom, and yet they're still reliant on their parents. And so I think the position that that puts parents in is that, They are financially supporting their children, and they're also in this place of, wait a minute, what are the boundaries that I can really set here? Because we want to support that young person launching, and we also want to hold them accountable to the things that they say that they're going to do.
0: That Mm -hmm. actually
1: supports a young person being a responsible young adult. And so if we are just saying, yes, you can do whatever you want, then we're not actually guiding them. And so that, to me, is the role that parents need to, to think about playing, that you are supporting them and guiding them with your boundaries, with those parameters. Mm-hmm.
0: And I like you speaking to, okay, what are those things that the parent is still doing to provide support? Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we don't even think about those or the parent might not think about those. Like, okay, you know, they are – you know, they do have a job and they're paying for their own apartment, but I'm paying for the school tuition Mm -hmm. or, you know, they're still on the family plan for the phone. So what are some of those tangible things that, you know, maybe a parent might think like, well, that's just a given. I have to do that Mm -hmm. for my, my young adult
1: child. That's what my parents did for me. So I'm going to provide in that same way. Right. Well, I think school tuition is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, medical support, you know, so paying for medical insurance and whatnot, mm-hmm. that's, or um, the mental health support, you know, so seeing a therapist or something like that, that would be another thing that's uh, typical. And phones, car, car insurance, all of a sudden you the start to, goes on. It does. It, it can get uh, pretty deep in that. And within that, so if you're supporting just their tuition— what are some of the expectations you have in order for them to receive that support, for your child to receive that support? Sometimes parents don't set those expectations going in. And I think it's really important that parents are looking at, well, if you are, if I am supporting this financially, then my expectation is that you're showing up to every class, that you're sharing with me the grades that you're getting Mm -hmm. and There's a a line there, right? We don't want parents to uh, be kind of like the typical or the, the classic phrase of the helicopter parent. And so sometimes parents back off so much out of fear of being a helicopter parent that they actually lose sight of is their child following through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's that walking the middle path, which is always so hard. <laughs> exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. For us, when we talk about anything, you know, mm-hmm. as humans, giving enough freedom and latitude, mm. um, but also actually checking in at
1: intervals is realistic. Definitely it's not necessarily being a helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. A- Agreed. That that is setting appropriate boundaries and that's offering appropriate guidance. A- another example is great. I pay for your car car insurance. So is your child driving under the influence? Is your child getting a whole bunch of speeding tickets? Um, Are they being accountable with their behavior? And if they're not, that's when I start to question, what are you choosing to support? Because Mm -hmm. you are supporting your child driving under the influence by paying for that. That's a pretty profound thing to think about. Mm -hmm. I think being able to say, this is not what I'm going to support, If you walk that all the way through of the consequences potentially of you supporting that particular behavior, you know, so I I think looking at your child's behavior in a way of being critical, being intentional, it actually is important to set expectations, to name them outright, so that then we're actually supporting that young person being responsible. The
0: relationship is going to be set up for success by having some of those conversations proactively, too. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really important.
0: All of this Sounds great, and I imagine it's particularly challenging for parents when they see their child, their young adult child, legitimately struggling. So whether that's with depression or anxiety, whether they're having challenges in relationships or school, and, you know, that that tendency of wanting to protect, wanting to support. Why is it still important for parents to hold boundaries in the face of
1: these challenges? Well, from a big-picture perspective, ultimately what we want to do is help children meet their goals, you know? And so if they have a vision of the young adult child, if they have a vision of uh, going to college, great. Of course we want to support that vision and we want to hold them accountable to it. And so if they're not showing up to class, they're not accountable to their own goals. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so that's where parents can actually step in and say, hey, you said that this is what you wanted to do and I financially am supporting it and I'm emotionally supporting it. So how are you showing up for your side of this deal? How do we actually be explicit about our Mm -hmm. expectations? I also think it's important for parents to be really aware of like children having, or their kids having intentions are fabulous. Having insights are fabulous. That's not action. Mm -hmm. And so how are we actually supporting young people following through? being accountable. There's a difference between this self-reliance, self-actualization and this reality of dependence and not actually following through.
0: Yeah, I like that. I mean, it sounds like having a conversation around, okay, what would success look like in this area? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe coming up with some of the common goals, like both the young adult is interested in finishing college and the parent is interested in that too. Mm -hmm. But what does it look like between now and then? What would be indicators that, mm. um, that we were moving towards that goal? Mm. And what would be indicators that you were moving away from that goal?
1: I think that's actually really important because we're getting tangible. So if a child is like, well, so I want to, uh, you know, finish in four years. Great. That's a really, uh, wonderful goal. That's four years away. So let's actually break it down. What does it look like in the next six months? What does it look like in the next year? And then even more so, okay, so if this is a uh, semester system for school, how are you showing up for midterms? And are there checks kind of quarterly, you know, in in that uh, semester period of time so that we're actually looking at what are the minutiae that is evidence of following through. Mm-hmm. What I'm really hearing as you're laying this out is just
0: how it is a process, and it it's a proactive process too, mm-hmm. because having conversations, um, maybe you know, at the time you're writing the the tuition check, mm-hmm. or you know, and doing it then versus waiting until when midterm grades come out, and mm-hmm. then there's this big disappointment, right? Or you know, if your child is going to treatment okay, I'm willing to and wanting to support funding this treatment, mm-hmm. but
1: these are my expectations in terms of how you would honor me doing that. That's a really good point. And I think the the focus is not just, okay, you, an assumption that your child wants to go to school. So what if your child has already finished school? Or what if, like, starting school right now is not actually the best thing for them and they're taking a gap year? Or maybe they're living at home at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And so you can look at So here are the expectations I have in you living at home. Here are the expectations I have in you taking this gap year and let's break it down. So this is what it looks like to meet your goals month by month. And so if the goal is great, you're living at home and you're working, how many hours? And what is your child doing outside of those hours? And how are they contributing to your family, to Mm -hmm. your household? How Mm -hmm. are they being part of the family team? And if they're not, I would say that's a problem. And that will give you some indicators of things are not actually working. So those markers are actually important.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's helpful, especially in the context where we are culturally of so many young adults still living with their parents in their home, Mm -hmm. you know, and the idea of what are the things that the young adult can do living in that situation that Mm -hmm. really um, demonstrates more independence. Like I'm thinking back to when I was a young adult and I had this revelation of like, oh, my gosh, eating at home is not free. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> like my child and adolescent self, it was like, you know, okay, if I if I go out to pizza with my friends, I have to pay for that. But eating at home, it's like this idea that I just
1: wasn't as connected to it. Mm-hmm. Part of what you're talking about is the mindset switching from what it means to be an adolescent to what it means to be an adult. And parents setting those boundaries, alerting their kids to like, here's what it means for you to live at home, here's the cost kind of reality that alerts that young person to the world outside of parents giving them everything. And so I think that actually helps them to grow up. Setting those boundaries helps them to launch into young adulthood. And if we don't provide that young person with the, that reality check, then they will show up naturally. It's what I've seen again and again in a way that's pretty entitled. And, um, expects everyone else to give to them. And so the question that I have for parents is, is that the young person you want to go out into the world? How do you want your child to be when they go out into the world, if they were to go and live at somebody else's house? You have to teach them that. And the way that you teach them that is alerting them, hey, the refrigerator doesn't fill itself. Or yes, heating bills and car insurance and whatnot that this is a kind of bigger picture of what it means to be an adult. And what does it mean for you to responsibly be part of it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, such important conversations and tricky conversations to have.
1: Mm-hmm, you definitely. Know?
0: So what are some ideas and what is some coaching that you give parents in terms of how to deliver that wisdom, how to deliver that perspective
1: in a way that the young adult can hear it? I've had many parents say that their child is an adult, so they, they can't actually set boundaries with them or they can't support them uh, in holding them accountable in the same ways as they could when they were an adolescent, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not it's a true. a shift. Yeah, it is yeah. a shift. Absolutely. And I think being able to think about, for parents to think about their young adult child in a way where it's a relationship, that needs to continue from a parenting place. So they're still the adult within the relationship. They are most often, with the young people that I work with, they're still the people that are funding this life. And that in and of itself is an important uh, kind of piece of leverage, Mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I do, like I was saying before, I want parents to be thinking about what are the things that you will and will not support? And so if your child is just staying in their room playing video games or staying in their room being depressed or using substances or acting out, all of those things can be happening simultaneously, but they can also be something that is less obvious. It doesn't have to be dramatic acting out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That, that is the place where a parent has to be able to see, I am supporting this and I can support something different. And so when we're looking at what can you actually do, I want us to be thinking about how do you start the conversation? Like, what's the right timing? Maybe if your child has a hard time waking up in the morning, that probably is not the right time. (laughs) So actually really thinking about like time of day and Mm -hmm. setting and
0: should we go for a walk so we're walking next to each other Mm -hmm. versus like sitting across the table.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's kind of one consideration. What's the right timing? Not to say that you should constantly put it off <laughs> because that also is not helpful. So that's kind of one piece. And then how are you communicating? I think it's, uh, if you're approaching this conversation from a place of uh, like lecturing, like here are the things that you need to do differently. You, you, you. Yes, mm. it's not going to go well. And so I want parents to think about I. I'm worried. So parrot I and what do you feel? what do you observe Mm -hmm. rather than it's a place of I'm lecturing you and I'm telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. And so start off with, I feel worried or I feel concerned when I see this happening, when I see this pattern that continues to happen. And then maybe just leaving some silence there, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yeah. Even asking the question of what are you worried about? Mm. Like what do you notice in yourself? So we're creating true communication because true communication is supporting connection, is one person speaking and the other person really hearing. Not to say you can control how your child hears you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? But in the same moment, you can control how you hear your child. So can you actually reflect, wow, as, as your child is talking, repeating back some of the things that you heard? Like, wow, I'm really hearing that you're worried about yourself too. Or I'm hearing that you're not concerned at all. And that actually makes me more worried, Mm -hmm. you know, so being able to have that kind of dialogue.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing is before getting into the problem-solving mode, you know, whether that's the parent or the young adult, Mm -hmm. jumping into that is really just establishing what are we working with? You know, where are you coming from? Where am I coming from? Mm -hmm. And creating
1: some space to hear each other with that. Exactly. That to me is the most important part like creating that space, asking those questions, talking about your feelings, talking about what you observe, your concerns. And then you can shift gears into the problem solving. So what are we going to do about this? Mm -hmm. And here are the things that I feel like I can support and, and here are my boundaries. Like this is what I can't support anymore. Yeah, so on that point,
0: you know, boundaries often will involve consequences. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is this is going to be the consequence if you mm-hmm. continue to not show up for class or, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't get, get above a certain grade point average at the end of this next semester, I can't pay for school anymore mm-hmm. in good
1: conscience. Mm-hmm. So setting a boundary with mm-hmm. that. Definitely. That could be, I think, a natural boundary. Um, also, what are the boundaries that you have and how someone shows up in your house? Mm, mm -hmm. And yes, it's your child and they're still living in your house and you're still providing, you know? And so I think there's uh, this pressure that's put on parents these days of being the perfect parent. And we create these amazing opportunities for our kids in this nest that is warm and healthy. And so there's this propensity for kids to say, wow, I'm not going to go anywhere because this is so comfortable.
0: Mm -hmm. And so
1: there is a little bit of the uh, bird needing, the adult bird needing to push the fledgling out of the nest. So there's some of that of, okay, you need to be accountable. How are you actually contributing to this household? We are a family and each of us hold a role within this family, within Mm -hmm. this house, rather than we're supporting a child being entitled Right. This isn't just a crash pad Like to live exactly. here at the house.
0: You know, there's there's chores still. There's family expectations. And mm-hmm. I mean, this, this makes me think about how there's kind of this idea, maybe this romanticized vision, both for the young adult of mm-hmm. like, once I turn 18, I'm going to be an adult and totally on my own. And mm-hmm. also for parents to kind of have this image of like, gosh, it'll be so nice to get beyond the boundary setting in this parent-child relationship and kind mm-hmm. of like get to hang out more with my young adult child. Like this mm. idea of like what it might mean to have a young adult child, but like right. actually needing to go through the steps to get to
1: that spot. Yes. And I think the um, the reality is I work with students that are sometimes over 25 and it can take time. So when someone turns 18, it doesn't mean, yep, now they're an adult and uh, we can suddenly switch gears. There's a level of uh, growth in the steps that you were talking about that it requires in order to get there. And parents are part of those steps. And so if they're not setting the expectations for their children and holding them to them, then we're actually, it's a disservice to that person, to Mm -hmm. that young child.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're encouraging parents to get really clear about what are their boundaries Mm -hmm. and maybe establishing those before they're in the midst of a conversation or in a heated debate with their child. But like to take some time to reflect and, hey, these are my limits. These Mm -hmm. are my
1: boundaries. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's actually a really good point because parents, if you're co-parenting, getting on the same page. Mm -hmm. Because if you're having a disagreement in front of your child and you're not cohesive in your message, that's a problem. So I would say that's the first thing to do is to get on the same page if you're co-parenting. And then you're communicating, here are my expectations. And here's what's really interesting about that. If you are clear about those expectations and your child is not able to meet them, that actually gives you really important information.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They're not in a place where they can adult. They're not in a place where they can have the utmost responsibility. Or maybe— they're out of control, and you need to take a higher level of control. And that's where a program like Open Sky can come in as an intervention mm-hmm. to kind of create that space and that separation
0: mm-hmm. to be able to see more clearly, too. I mean, you were talking about the perspective that parents have. What are some other strategies or ideas you have for parents when they are co parenting, but they have different parenting styles mm-hmm. or different ways of seeing? The
1: challenge with their child. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a first part is you can still, you can have those different perspectives and you can still bring to your co-parenting style, listening to each other. So when I'm talking about how do you listen and create that space with your child, do that with each other first Mm -hmm. of why do you have this perspective? So you're getting curious, you're asking questions of your partner. And well, why are you worried? And so for each other as, as co-parents, like being able to actually inquire, and so what are your boundaries? And here are mine. And here are the hard and fast boundaries. And here are the ones where, yeah, this is where I can be a little bit more flexible. Or here are the ones that I am not so adamant and cut and dry about. Mm-hmm. So being able to practice that listening, that those, ask those questions and hold space for each other from a place of curiosity, that's a really foundation of communication,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm thinking as you're speaking, just the importance of curiosity and reflection. Whether that's the individual parent looking at themselves before mm-hmm. they show up to the conversation with the other parent, mm-hmm. or obviously the parents before they show up with their child. But just mm-hmm. looking back at how was I raised, or how, how how were my young adult mm-hmm. years? Mm-hmm. You know, like if. If I didn't need any boundaries at that time and I was fine, mm-hmm. why does my child need that? But mm-hmm. the reality is sometimes, you know, we have different temperaments and different personalities mm-hmm. and people
1: need different things. Mm-hmm. People de- need different things. I think that's uh, the core of it. And we're also raising young people in a very different time. The access that people have to a whole variety of things, whether it's online the level of technology and the way that people are interacting with technology mm-hmm. as well as access to substances and the way that um, parents are taking kids from place to place. Like there's, there's a lot of, of different dynamics that are happening in this day and age. And so I think being able to reflect on that of like, yeah, it's a different time and that's okay. And it's okay that your child needs a different thing than you did when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And having that
0: perspective, even just the cultural context, mm-hmm. can help help put things into perspective of like, okay, maybe it's just not that my child is trying to be annoying or, mm-hmm. you know, difficult or like defy me in these ways. Like mm-hmm. they really don't have the skills yet or they really don't have the perspective
1: yet mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe I did. 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I think you bring up a good point of what are the expectations we have of our children in uh, how they communicate? You know, so maybe they are irritable, but maybe they're irritable because they don't feel heard, or maybe they're irritable because they have so much anxiety and they don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so, are we actually missing something if we don't ask? Mm.
0: Well, Mariah, I think all of us have had a hit of reality about how sometimes setting boundaries in our closest family relationships can be a challenge. Yeah, I think that that empathy is always helpful. And any final words of encouragement or wisdom you have to help parents
1: of young adults navigate this new stage of parenting? Most definitely. I think a key thing that happens for parents is that they feel like an island. And they feel alone in these struggles. Mm, The isolation. Exactly. And so being aware that there are people outside of your family system that can be supportive. And I would most often say, talk to professionals, because there is a reality that sometimes our extended families don't know as much as maybe a professional might with that kind of objective perspective, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I would say, be open to help and recognize you don't have to do this alone. I also think when we're looking at um, accepting that support, how are we accepting that support for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not taking good care of yourself, that's actually a really good measure of, huh, are you putting your oxygen mask on first? And if you're not, you're not going to be as good of a resource for someone else, Mm -hmm. let alone a child that's struggling. Yeah. These are hard conversations to
0: have. Mm -hmm. So if, if, we're not going in resourced to those conversations
1: with family members about boundaries, probably not going to go as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so I think in that, making sure that you're giving yourself or parents are giving themselves the opportunity to be patient, patient with themselves, Mm -hmm. patient with each other and patient with their children, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if you're feeling a lot come up, it might be a great opportunity to pause and, Like share what you're feeling in that moment of like, wow, I feel really nervous or I feel really concerned or I don't feel heard. And so again, practicing those foundational communication skills, it can be helpful to have that outside help in order to do that, right? And so recognizing, oh, here's what's going on with me and then being able to move forward. So it's kind of a good measure of how much support do I need? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, you know, in wrapping here, it's just cool to hear you speak and to hear these parallels between, you know, the work of the young adult child launching and the parent, like there's a lot of commonality of, you know, the parent learning to resource themselves and the young adult learning to resource themselves, Mm -hmm. like learning to show up and be able to apply just some of the, the basic relationship and communication skills with, you know, with themselves and each other exactly yeah as always I just really appreciate the empathic and connected and wise way you have of talking about these issues and navigating um, these challenges with parents and young adults (laughs) absolutely yeah my pleasure thank you to senior adult therapist Mariah Lofton for providing some tangible strategies when it comes to establishing healthy boundaries with our young adult children Visit openskywilderness.com to learn more about treatment for young adults and adolescents at Open Sky and Mariah's clinical approach. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Please take a few moments to rate and review the Skylights podcast and invite your friends and family to listen. Thanks for tuning in.